Hello, hello, and welcome once again to Cloudburst, the next generation of discussion shows. A big thank you to Project Storm for handing over to us just now. If you didn't get a chance to watch the stream, please do check it out. Storm is amazing. It was a great show. He does amazing gameplay content. So thank you for that, Storm. My name is Rock, and if you are interested in cloud gaming and intelligent conversation, then this show is definitely for you. Each week, we tackle just one big cloud gaming question, no holds barred and no platform left unturned. My panel are instantly recognizable and highly respected content creators in their own right, each renowned for deep insight, wide knowledge, and a long list of achievements. Before we begin, let's say hello to our regular cloud-bursting panelists, Clive, Eddie, Avery and Lloyd. Sadly, Chase can't be with us today. He's literally having his roof fixed, which I thought coming after Project Storm in the middle of a cloud burst was very apt. Uh, but we do have, and we're really excited to welcome our very special guest today, Bill from StadiaCast. Bill, how are you, my friend? How's it going, everybody? Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I hope you've been having a good week. Looking forward to uh, Super Stadia Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was really excited to pick up Pac-Man and uh, been playing the hell out of that. Oh, wow. That's uh, Clive. That's uh, one of your favorite games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I've, you know, I'm a bit of a Pac-Man fanboy. I've got my Pac-Man Pac artwork and yeah, my, it may even be a little uh, pop figure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're very, very... Then Lloyd, I'm guessing you're a bit of a Pac-Man fan as well. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love, I love Pac-Man. I've only played a couple games of uh, Battle Royale since it's uh, full <laughs> release because uh, there's so much to play, so very much to play. But uh, yeah, a big, big uh, Pac-Man fan. It's it never ends in the world of gaming. Eddie, how are you, my friend? Hope you've had a great week. Hey, Rock. Yes, I did have a great week. And just talking about Pac-Man, I was just watching uh, yesterday Nerf report. He was doing a ten-win streak. Uh, I've seen Pac-Man. Wow. Oh, there no. is, there's the Get little the thumbs up from Pac. There's one behind you, too. They're everywhere. We're getting attacked by the pack. <laughs> the, uh, doing pack good. Um, the, the, uh, the, the chat has already noticed we've got a very beardy lineup today. Yes. Um, so uh, that, that uh, No Shave November uh, on the go for many of our folks. Yeah. Yes. No, no shave forever for me, really. <laughs> no, well, I, as you know, I, I was raising a bit of money for Movember, but I only ever get so far with the moustache, and then I let everything else come in as well, because it ain't a good look, let's be honest. Right. Yeah, so I have, to, I have to keep something, or I look 12, and I already look 12, so it's not a good combo. <laughs> no, I, it's I'm in my 60s. I, do, I, yeah. I moisturize a lot, but... And for a man with a drinking habit, it's good to look older than, than 12, I find, as well. Now, before we get stuck into our big question... I've got a game to give away, uh, one of my favorite Ubisoft titles, and uh, thanks to Ubisoft for giving this away or allowing me to give it away today, and it is the amazing Tom Clancy's Breakpoint. Uh, now, we've got a copy to give away. What I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to give you half the code now, and I'm going to give you the other half at the end of the show. So oh, stick around. It may not even be the end of the show. So I don't think you can scuttle off, grab some dinner and come back again because it doesn't work like that. You know, it's uh, that's very rude. So here we go. Here's the first half of the code. Take a photo or whatever you need to do. Oh, here. Tease. 
I know. That's 17BX7CT8. Yeah. Listen to this. 17 Bravo <laughs> X-Ray, 7 <laughs> Charlie Tango 8. Charlie Tango 8. <laughs> yeah, put it in there as well. <laughs> Bill's like, well, I don't have that one in my library yet. Hold on just a sec here. You yeah, yeah. yeah. But don't try entering it, folks, without the other half. You're getting nothing. You're getting half a game. Right. So let's move swiftly on and uh, reveal today's big question. So Google Stadia celebrated its birthday this week, believe it or not, having entered a mature gaming market with a unique proposition just one year ago. Now, although we don't have any published metrics uh, to judge them by, in your opinion, how does the panel feel their first year has gone purely from a business perspective? And as our honoured guest, let's kick off with Bill. So I guess... It really depends on how you look at it. If you if you look at it with all of the hindsight that we have now, I think that they've done pretty damn well. But if you look at it as it comes, it felt like they were fumbling nonstop over and over and over again. But if like the the way I look at it, you, they learned from those from those mistakes. Uh, in a big way their marketing at the very beginning was in my opinion really really like cringy like they were trying to ape the like the geico commercials um they were focusing way too much on uh numbers and you can't win with numbers because somebody's always going to bring out something that has higher numbers eventually anyway um so all of that over time uh got better because i think that they listened to the community um their 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 marketing got better now they're just talking about this is the place where you can play all of the games that you want to play you already have the devices this is for everyone and they stopped with that absolutely bananas set of commercials with the the, the guy I don't know who he is. I, I know he's supposed to be a famous guy. I don't know who he is, but he's got like the, the big hair and the big glasses and he was like 4K and and it's, it's a bad idea to promise that when you can't control the, the developers uh, who are making games for your platform. So overall, I think that they've done really good, but there were a lot of stumbling blocks along the way. And I feel like it, it's happened to all of us when you're walking up the stairs and you start to stumble, but you catch yourself. And I feel like that's what has happened for the past year. Thank you very much. And let's go over to your Stadia cast cohort. But, uh, Lloyd, what were your thoughts? Muted. Uh, yeah, it's it was really interesting. Um, the way Google Stadia first started out, It's it was... Um, it was very much an, an open beta, or actually it was a closed beta, a paid for beta where you had to pay $130, you get the you get the founder's kit, uh, you hook it up, you get your code, you, you start playing it. And even uh, Stadia for the first little bit was calling it a, a beta and they quickly dropped that moniker, which was, which was good. Um, but uh, kind of what happened with Stadia sort of shows the power of um, the more agile development practices that Google does, where uh, they they started down one path 
and they were met with um, pitfalls and roadblocks and and insert random objects in front of them. And they're like, okay, this isn't working. They backed up. They went back and they're like, okay, Stadia is no longer uh, get a game every month or two as part of Pro. Um, Stadia is no longer uh, 4K, 60 frames a second. Stadia is now a cloud console and we got to focus on games, 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 games. Not many companies could do that. Uh, and just the the way that they're not actually shipping a box with a console in it that you put under your TV allowed Google to say, okay, let's take a step back. Let's refocus uh, and, and let's go a different route. And then COVID hit <laughs> and all of a sudden development everywhere was blown up. Um, but I think that the, the fact that it's a cloud console allowed Google to still focus, still go down the certain paths that they had to um, to get it to where it is now. Um, which is a a console that you don't buy that you can pay ten dollars a month to get four k if you want, but more so you're paying that ten dollars a month to get six games a month, which has been what's happened for the last couple months. Um, Stadia today is very different than what Stadia was on day one, and it's even more different than what Stadia was when they first started talking about it, um, which I believe is the the true power of a cloud-based console. If something isn't working, they can readjust uh, without having to um, do crazy firmware updates and, and say, okay, that control you bought isn't going to work anymore, like all the other stuff that would have to happen on a normal console if they were changing kind of the way that they were doing things. Um, so I think Stadia did very well in its in its first year. Um, there's lots to lots to happen. Like they were they were in the mad rush to get out everything they promised before the first birthday, and they did almost all of the stuff that they had said would come, which is pretty amazing. Um, in talking with developers, uh, there's many more things that are coming, and they wish that it would have been there for for day one, but it wasn't. So I, I think year two is going to be very interesting, but uh, more so year five is going to be kind of the, the tipping point, I think, for cloud-based um, streaming. Uh, you're going to have many competitors in the market, and um, they're all going to try to one-up each other, um, to use a video game moniker, um, which is great for us, the consumers, because that just means that all of our cloud consoles are going to get better over time. Fantastic. Avery, sir, you have the floor. Yeah, um, I, I think that that there was definitely something that changed in Stadia. Um, thinking about this from uh, a development perspective, you know, I come I come from a software background, and you know, sometimes you do release things in beta, uh, and you get good feedback, and you iterate, and you make changes. Sometimes you think what is going to hit is going to be huge and you're pouring so much time into it and so many hours into it. And you think that that's going to be the thing everybody likes. And then you get on the demo and you show it to everybody and they're like, Oh cool. That button's green now. And that's the thing that matters. And I think Stadia always knew that people were going to take the, um, you know, the cloud gaming it's, it, it's, it's at its core, this, this ability to play anywhere anytime. But when they started, they started exactly as, as Bill was saying, by saying teraflops, teraflops, you guys. And like made this huge deal with the guy with the hair and the, yeah, 4k and all that stuff, because they thought that was what was going to land. They thought that was what was going to sell this platform. You're getting the most powerful hardware in the cloud. You, you just, it's so, you know, and then that didn't land 
because as as Bill mentioned, they didn't really deliver it all the time. And some of the games are just 1080p and it doesn't matter how big your screen is and none of that matters. Um, and so at a certain point, uh, you know, maybe after that April Connect-ish, we started seeing the marketing plan change. We started seeing the focus change. We started seeing, you know, no more crazy hair guy, more person on a couch with a controller or person flipping, you know, on the channel or whatever else playing from their phone. And, and they suddenly realized that that's the selling proposition of Stadia is not teraflops. It's game anywhere on any device anytime which is ironic you, you could you kind of sort of see them behind me i've got all the boxes for all these uh stadia premiere editions that have been coming out like crazy and on the back of the premiere edition box uh the tagline for stadia is one place for all the ways we play and i think they forgot that when it started because that was their tagline for the beginning too but it just kind of occurred to them this summer like well, <clears throat> it's really about just giving everybody a place to play and making making it a democratization making it accessible to everybody and i think when they made that transition that's when they caught themselves going up the stairs and hitting that last one and you step and your foot goes nah, that's when they caught themselves um and i think that's how things turned around this this summer ish Eddie, you're also from uh, software development. Do you think their business model has been agile? A lot. Um, as a software developer industry, I've been. Uh, one thing that I did knew from the very beginning is that all of the features they presented at GDC were not going to be there. But I know that because I know Google. And people which are mostly gamers, they don't know Google how Google deliver things. And everybody was wondering if on day one, we were going to get all of those promised features, promising integrations with YouTube and et cetera. So I feel like Google knowing their business and no, maybe I want to believe by the people Google hired to work on Stadia, know the video gaming industry. And those persons could have advice at Google to make a better and clear communication. Um, down the line, so we have we still have some wonderful people from the video game industry that joined Google Stadia either for a game perspective in terms of the studio uh, or in terms of Phil um, himself as leader of Google Stadia. So um, the communication I feel like could be much much more clear to gamers because gamers are a very passionate community and. I feel like they have been uncertain until uh, to this day. Like uh, when Ubisoft Plus is coming later this year. We are on November 21st and we're still not clear when we're getting Ubisoft Plus. So I feel like Stadium improved on this past 12 months, but there's still a lot of room to improve in terms of communication. In terms of the tech, everybody knows it's the best cloud solution that is out there. It's the only cloud solution that can deliver 4K. And I believe down the years, the years to come, everything will be just better and better. Thanks, Eddie. Clive, you've been involved with uh, game design and game development right at the very top. Do you feel they've got a handle on their business? Well, I think, you know, what Eddie said is... Uh, I knew that they weren't delivering it all at once, but absolutely the expectation is it's all about controlling the narrative. 
you know, in marketing, it's all about controlling that narrative. And I think with the beauty of hindsight, we look back and we're honest with ourselves. Did they control the narrative how they wanted? Did it, did the narrative go how they expected? I don't think so. Um, and I think they were almost focused on, look at our amazing tech. Isn't it brilliant? And yeah, it is. Um, but they also expected the gaming audience who want things now, I want it now, to to also kind of wait and be patient with all the features that they'd add to this tech. Um, and I think what we've seen, so I think, yeah, they slightly mismanaged that early narrative. It didn't go how the message didn't quite go, I think, how they imagined it would. But they had a roadmap of where they needed to be by after six months, by the end of the year. And some key points, I think, uh, were definitely when they sort of officially released the free tier. I knew the I know the free tier just for the pedants in the chat. I know the free tier was always there, but um, actually launching it as a free tier in April uh, was a key major point. And you can see anecdotally, like the numbers in Reddit and the numbers on Destiny and stuff like that took a massive leap up at those points. So clearly it had an impact uh, when they got over that kind of misconception that somehow Stadia wasn't you know, free and, you know, it's still the misconception still exists, but an opportunity for people to try it was a key thing. And now when we look at the end of the year, it's like a, it's like a watching a football match of a team you really support watching it. We got the result. We won the match, but watching it, it was painful in some places. And we thought you were going to lose. And, you know, but you had to have faith that the team was right. They knew what they were doing. We'd get there in the end. And I would say by the end of the year, yeah, it's a result. And now, as I've said, uh, I said earlier today, but I said on my Monday show as well, that right now, if you were to offer what Stadia is right this moment, it is a very compelling offer. You've got free-to-play games, so you can just try it, like a top AAA game. I'd call Destiny 2 a top AAA game with multiplayer, PvP. Try it for yourself. No obligation. You've got the demo, Immortal Phoenix, so other demos coming as well, other free-to-play games. No obligation. Just go to stadia.com. You try it. And then you go, wow. So you like it. And then you look and say, okay, what games have they got? Then you see they've got 100-plus games. So doing what they're doing right now, they couldn't perhaps really do or get the maximum impact if they tried that, say, six months ago. But right now, giving away Stadia Premier, I mean, the, the cyberpunk thing I think is awesome since, and again, I said it this morning, since they don't have the marketing rights, they can't sort of do a tie-up with cyberpunk. But what they can do is give people a free gaming machine to play cyberpunk. I, I think that's just such an awesome awesome kind of marketing thing plus as i say once people are in they can start and, they, and they're curious once their curiosity has been sort of pricked they can go okay what else is here and then as i say you've got a hundred games so i think from the start the narrative it was a, i think they thought they you know it might go a certain way and i think the narrative didn't quite go the way they wanted but i think they got that back into control and if you measure things rather than on sort of daily, what, what are they doing this week? What's happened this week? What's happened? If you take a step back and you go year one, did we arrive where we wanted to be? Doesn't matter if the journey was a bit choppy on the way. Did we arrive where we wanted to be? I would say, 
Yes. So if you measure them, you know, did they achieve their goals to, you know, most of their goals by the end of the year? Yes. Will we therefore forget the missed kicks, the missed penalty? It doesn't matter. We got the result. Um, and I'm really excited that it was all about basically having a platform with lots of toys ready to go, lots of games to play. And now they're ready to push on for next year. And we know from Jack Booster inter interview, you know, there's 400 games in development right now for the next sort of 18 months to, to two years. So it's looking great. It was just uh, it was just a bit painful watching the football match um, all the way through, but we got the result. Mm. Thanks for that, Clive. Avery, did you want to come back on that? Yeah, you know, you, you kind of triggered a thought in my in my mind there, oh, yeah. Clive, that we're <laughs> we're in a lot of regards, we give uh, Stadia a little bit of hell for taking the Google approach to developing yeah. and rolling out this product because the Google approach is, well, Gmail is just great and eventually everybody will be on Gmail. Chrome is just great. Eventually everybody will be on Chrome. And I was like, well, Stadia is just great. Eventually they'll, they'll everybody will be on Stadia. But what was missing from that is that you couldn't just be on stadia you 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 had to go buy a founder's kit a premiere kit you had to get a buddy with a buddy pass you had to get a pro pass from cinemark whatever and this past month has changed the narrative to be the plan is now let's just keep finding ways to give people stadia let's do it with the youtube premium let's do it with cyberpunk let's do it with destiny free to play let's do it with uh you know more more pro uh opportunities out there let's do it with the referral codes where you get two months instead of one month if you hit somebody's referral code over and over and over again and now they've kind of google-fied the mechanism to get Stadia. Anybody can have Stadia. Anybody can have Gmail. Anybody can have YouTube. Anybody can have Google Docs. And now anybody can have Stadia if you're in one of the supported countries and your internet doesn't suck. Um, and so in that regard, I, I don't want to say that was the brilliant plan all along because I, I think we can all guess that some of the whiteboard in the Stadia marketing headquarters has been wiped and rewritten. But it certainly is an interesting transition that we've made just in this past month into a, all right, anybody can have Stadia. I wonder whether they got had a, con a consultancy firm at the beginning rather than use their internal sort of marketing and um, 100%. Team. It seems 100%. like a – could I just drop in uh, – I just on my LinkedIn, it's just popped up. <laughs> if you live in Montreal uh, – <laughs> Clive's looking a for a new job while we're on Cloudburst right <laughs> yeah, now. Like, <laughs> is there any other podcast I can be uh, yeah, on exactly. for a moment? Uh, email, no, from LinkedIn, just coincidentally, just this second – First party game Stadia. Uh, if you're interested, anybody out there, any production directors uh, living in Canada? It's a job going. Just popped up. Well, Stadia. actually, um, uh, you applied, haven't you, Eddie? No, no not for that one. But um, uh, I know uh, some people who already work here on Stadia Games and Entertainment Montreal. Most, a lot of those came from Typhoon Studio. I would say. 80% right now of uh, the people who works at the Montreal studio is from Typhoon, but still they are continuing to hire uh, more and more people. Uh, they're hiring QA people. They're hiring people from other studios. And um, But they, they're still on a hired spree here. Bill, what do you think Google Stadia's goals were on launch? At launch? Mm-hmm. 
It's tough to say what their what I think their goals were. I mean, their goals were to get people to subscribe to Pro so that they could make money. I mean, that that's that's the obvious thing. I think that the way that they went about it was about the most uh, backward way that you could, because unless you can hit the ground and have like 300 games ready to play like there's just there's no way you can you can do it in this in this environment when gamers are really i said it earlier in the chat i said gamers are really fickle and uh they they need to be really really wowed but what i think a lot of people forget because there's so many people out there that and i i've done it before too where i've just forgotten about the long game when when you when when you know uh, microsoft just launched the xbox um series x and whatever playstation just launched the ps5 those two things have a final date like eventually those two things are going to be obsolete and stadia won't that's the thing that for me, I think is the most interesting because Stadia won't be obsolete. The problem with that is when it's brand new, that is not obvious to people. That is not obvious to most gamers. They're not going to understand that because they they still think in that mindset of the other consoles. There is a end date to this. And if it doesn't succeed instantaneously, then it is a failure. Think of the Wii U, right? Um, so when you when you look at things like that, when you, when you realize that, sure, the Xbox Series X and the PS5 are outperforming Stadia right now, absolutely, I'm not going to argue with you about that. But when you realize that maybe in two years, the Xbox Series X and the PS5 are going to struggle to be able to perform at the same level of stadia because they can keep upgrading stuff and we don't have to buy anything that is very compelling and google knows that getting games in the hands of a larger you know what i'm going to change my answer all right i'm going to i've taken a long way around to get there this is how i have to think sometimes uh you said what are their goals their goal is to grow the gaming population kind of like what nintendo did with the wii yeah, and just to bounce off of what Bill said a little bit, we've been talking about this on StadiaCast since day one. Um, Google, this they're year one. Um, any new console that comes out from Microsoft or Nintendo or Sony is in year 15 or year 30, depending on which, which manufacturer. So when Stadia came out and it had, what, like 17 games at launch or something, it was, it was a fairly large... 23? Okay. Uh, well, fairly large number. And everyone's like, oh, Stadia has no games. It's like, well, go back to the NES. What did it launch with? We'll go back to PlayStation 1. What did it launch with? Xbox OG with the controller that you had to hold like three feet apart from your hands with the Duke controller. What did that <laughs> launch with? They all launched with like five games. And everyone's like, Stadia is, they're, they're doomed. No, they're not. This is, this is the first new console that we've seen in the industry for 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 a decade or more like um a lot of them have come in and failed there was a ouya and some other ones which started and, and died but google was trying to enter um a very mature industry with uh with a new console 
And yeah, they, they made some missteps, as did Sony, as did Microsoft, as did Nintendo when they first came out. Um, and going back to the whole agile development that Stadia can do, they they can they can course correct because they're not they're not putting a million of these consoles in every warehouse across the U.S. and Canada and Europe and Australia and and Japan. They're they have a website and they can quickly push a code update. Like I I got a message on Stadia from uh, someone that I know that said, "Hey, you're having issues with messaging." Uh, because you had a lot of people in your uh, in, in your um, friends list. Can you try again? We've just pushed an update. So hmm. sure enough, went there, looked. The, the, the user interface is buttery smooth. They didn't release a press release. They didn't do anything. It's just... Boom! Here you go, and now it works better because we saw that there was an issue. And what? I don't think, and I don't think any other console can do that because any sort of firmware update like Sony comes out with, they all of a sudden have to test the hundred best games to see if this firmware update is going to crash uh, the system. Well, it's a website; it's not an OS. They don't really have to do the same level of testing um, to, on every single game as other consoles. So I, I do think Stadia is doing it the right way. Um, but we have to remember they're exactly one year old in the console industry, so um, they 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 should have a couple years of free of free playtime. Or I know Clive, you're talking about soccer. The what's that uh, injury time or whatever at the end of the match? They they need to have a little bit of that to play some catch up, and then they can start competing head head to head with all the the major players. Adri. Uh, well, I'll, I'll real quickly. I think they're they're also um, they have a they have the unfortunate reality that they released at a time when time doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, the the pandemic they only really had like three months to have normal. And then pandemic hit. And now, number one, time doesn't work properly anymore. Like, I don't know about you guys, but did you realize it's almost the end of November? And like, like about three days ago, it was June. So <laughs> like time just doesn't work properly anymore. So, so, you know, 200. people are like, <laughs> the 2077 of cyberpunk will be here in two weeks. Um, so yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, oh yeah, not even the actually what I meant. But, um, so they released at a time when uh, now all attention is on. We got to have something to do. Everybody's at home. You're not doing anything. So gaming went through the roof, and then. Well, you know, when the NES launched, you heard about it because your friend had it or you saw the display. When the PlayStation launched, it was because you saw it about it in um, in uh, Game Informer or uh, Game Pro or one of those. When uh, you know when the Xbox launched, um, I don't even th maybe you heard about it on Facebook. I think at that point it was still the Facebook, and now it's. YouTube, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Discord. There's just so many places where Stadia, Stadia, Stadia can get out in the public discourse for good or for ill. And we saw it very quickly that it just, it didn't land to begin with. So they haven't had any of the time that they need. Bill and Lloyd both said it. There's there's years ahead of them, but nobody can get that because we culturally right now don't have the idea of there's more time to go. Like it's no time just to, there's more time. Hopefully we've all got plenty more years to go, but <laughs> we just, nobody can internalize that right now. Well, no. I think it's, it's a difficult no, concept. It's, it's sorry, the, co the, co <laughs> the concept, it's a brand new concept. And I think Bill touched on it. 
and and it's you know people like the familiar i've said it before about change change is a delicate balance between uh the familiar and the new and if you lean too much to the new people don't like it and it, you've got to get that balance of familiar and new and what google what google have done with stadia no one's ever done it before yes they've done cloud gaming but this is a cloud gaming platform not just a delivery service of games that you can play in the cloud this is a platform which you develop for no one's ever done it before there, and i think it was uh jack bowser again but saying um there wasn't a stadia before you know, he used a stadia on purpose. There wasn't a stadia that existed before. It, there's nothing that's existed before. So there are a lot of concepts and ideas that we need to get our head around, which are, you know, a new lexicon, as you are, a new language, which is 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 difficult for people to comprehend if they look at they look at this from the narrow uh, frames of just console gaming. Or PC gaming. You know, sometimes I see on Twitter or Facebook people go, Yeah, I quite like the stadium model, but it would be good if you could download the games. And I'm like, You, you, just, <laughs> you just don't get it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, What? 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 <laughs> we can only the... just download the shows on but, Netflix but, and our TV. Oh, wait, they did that on the phones. But yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? But it's just like, but it's just like, it's, it's not that. It's like, you've got to think beyond that. You've got to think about all the things you own actually in your house you know unless you're a collector which is different from a person who kind of watches stuff yeah exactly <laughs> bill and Lloyd are both like i'm sure uh, yeah. there's 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 a difference between being a collector and someone just buying all that most of our for most people unless you're a collector or something most of our media is in the bedroom upstairs no in the in the cloud you know what i mean and it's become and as a generation another generation comes up that's just the norm and I think, you know, it's people just got to get that concept, get the idea, as you say, consoles have a, you know, a five-year sort of cycle, you know, life and stuff like that. And then they're thinking of the next console. And as Bill, you know, Bill and Lloyd have said on their show loads of times, it's the forever console, you know, and that's, it's a difficult concept for people to to get. And they, so they can afford to make changes on the fly because they don't have to, remember we quoted on Generation um, X Gaming Show about how with the ring of death on the, um, on the Xbox, they had a decision to make, and the bill was one point eight billion dollars, and they didn't think twice about paying it to fix that, on the basis it would cost a hundred dollars every unit that was out there. Hmm. If Stadia has a problem, it's somebody literally on a console or a terminal going, "There we are, fixed it for everybody." It, and that's has, a difficult concept. Uh, you know? As we were saying, it's very difficult, especially now launching the next generation of games to do the comparison because people will go and I don't know why, but people have this tendency of saying it is this or it is that. Yeah. So they're going to say this will kill Google Stadia or you will get Google Stadia so you don't need to get anything else. Um, the, the thing here with these cloud platforms, it is the ability of better cloud services. You just use it if you don't like it. You just unsubscribed. You didn't put like a heavy investment to be part of an ecosystem just as you need as a collector or a console player or a PC player. Now, the, the other thing that I would like to highlight, it is a brilliant interview that I heard on a podcast uh, with Jade Raymond when she talks about the waves of cloud gaming. Right now, we are on the first wave, which is 
Of course, it is not the first time we hear about cloud gaming. There has been Gaikai, there has been OnLive, but right now it it's the first time that became popular among um, gamers everywhere. Now, um, we are still on the very first wave when it, we're just proving uh, that you can game in, in any screen that you like, you can game in everywhere that you like without carrying a console. But the interesting part, part really, it's when Lloyd was saying four to five years, maybe, when we will start to see games that can only be delivered by the cloud. And we have never reached so uh, such point that um, people cannot even resemble, okay, what are you guys talking about? Uh, I don't understand. Like, even, um, I don't know if any of you guys have played Ark before, um, but Ark, which is a tremendously big game, you have these sessions. Um, I feel like it's 36 players that can be maximum there. Uh, the big um, Battle Royale games, I feel like Call of Duty right now is doing almost close to 200, but it's because it can't, the servers can't handle more than 200. Now, if you're talking about a ready player one scenario, when you have thousands of people that you don't, there's no NPCs anymore. It's actually real people. Um, yeah. That is the game changer that people cannot have their minds ready yet. And Stadia has that kind of thing planned on their roadmap. Exactly. What I've said to a lot of people, um, just to, to follow what Eddie was saying, is Stadia is as bad as it's going to get right now. It's So cloud gaming is the worst it's going to ever be. And it's pretty damn good. 4K 60, <laughs> instant play. You buy a game, you're playing in 30 seconds. So that's pretty good. Remember back to the Atari 2600 and the, the, the little... The little claw thing you'd have to stick on the back of your TV and you'd have to change the channel two or channel three, like all the, the crazy stuff you had to go. RF modulators. Exactly. The industry has evolved. So Atari 2600 in 81 to the Xbox Series X today, that's a huge, huge gap. So just think of where cloud gaming is today, the very worst it's ever going to be. And then you fast forward five years, 10 years, 20 years. Um, it's pretty remarkable that it looks and works so well right now and just give it some time and it's going to blow everybody away. So I want to jump in on something that Lloyd said a little bit ago. Uh, but first I want to, I want to, uh, ping pong off of something that, 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 uh, Eddie was saying, uh, in response to Clive, um, when we do get that, that, um, that game that can only be delivered on a cloud platform that's when a lot of people will finally understand and they'll stop asking to be able to download the games because they'll understand oh okay i get it now and then the thing that i wanted to say about what lloyd was saying before is you know when he got that message hey we we fixed this thing can you try it out do you guys think that that google should like be a little more transparent with that stuff and in like I don't know, have a Stadia patch notes. Um, oh my God. I set off the device. You um, win. You said it mine as well. Notes. They just uh, heard you and, and they're coming, Bill. Yeah, I know. Should they have like a Stadia patch notes on Twitter or 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 someplace where they're constantly saying, we fixed this today, we fixed this today, we fixed this today, and we're going to fix some more stuff tomorrow. 
you know, yeah, it only needs to be in the nerdy place like Reddit or something. One place, that's yeah. all it needs to be. Yeah, they can just publish it. So I'm going to, uh, and Eddie, you can back me up on this. I, I'm I'm not 100% certain. There, there's a degree to which, uh, you know, so we, we I, you know, we, we have software for uh, with 600 plus installs at, as a business to business um, service. And we fix stuff all the time. And it's usually just little tweaks. Like somebody noticed the sort on a column on a report was weird. And so we fixed it. And then just the next time that somebody gets a code push, they get that fix, but we don't call attention to it because calling attention to it almost plants the seed of, well, if that's broken, what else is broken that they haven't yeah, told us about? Sense. And so I don't know, Eddie, you can kind of, I don't know if you uh, kind of, uh, I've already that, did but. that. And, um, um, I had a software that I was a Scrum Master and it was a cloud solution as well. And we had multiple clients using the same instance. And if a client reports a bug, we fix that bug. We tell that client the bug's fixed, but we don't tell everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I do I do think that Stadia kind of um, uh, has started to do more communication about small positive ads like there was the the uh, in the midst of the big news blast on thursday there were all these other kind of little things that that they had done um and you know the the expansion to the emea countries that's coming and, and all that and so they didn't really post about it anywhere other than they just put a little note on reddit that was here are six cool things that we did in the past week and chat was one of them and other things and but they were all like ads to the platform as opposed to fixes of things so i think unless there's something that is so widespread i would imagine most people didn't have enough friends on Stadia to notice that it was slow. I'm sorry, but you know, if you got your free <laughs> premiere edition, you didn't have 600 friends by oh, the time shit. that was over. Uh, but so most people probably didn't notice, but we did, you know, people, people who, who know things noticed and then it just kind of fixed it. It fixed itself, even though we know that it didn't. Um, and I think that's, they're going to spend more time talking about the, the, the growth bits than they will talking about what went wrong unless it's noticeable if stadia goes down as has happened a handful of times this year they're gonna have to say something about that um but i guarantee you i guarantee you there have been moments where for a minute and a half two minutes three minutes stadia was totally offline nobody noticed it people who were in a game were fine but nobody else could log in and maybe nobody actually mentioned it on twitter because by the time it was resolved it was resolved and it just went on and stadia didn't say anything they're not gonna say anything because it does stadia. And it was probably just one data center somewhere and somebody tripped over a cord and <laughs> it's all fine now. They caught themselves as they were stumbling, right? They had to, they had to charge uh, their controller. They had to charge the controller, so they just yeah. unplug something yeah. to charge the controller. <laughs> uh so yeah, I mean I I'm yeah. Uh, other thought on this, kind of circling back to the business uh plan for, for year one. Uh, I have to wonder if, you know, the, the interview with Jack Buser this week was fantastic. If, if you haven't read it, folks, just Google it's mobile syrup of all the names. But then again, what was an Uber before it was a, a ride sharing thing? Um, and so, uh, he, he talked about how they're done with 2021. They're not even thinking about it anymore. They got that that wide that whiteboard is over. They're on to 2022, and he wants to be done with that soon too, so that he can get on to 2023. So Stadia 
is going to just keep going. Like they've already put the money in there and they're going to keep going. I I'm looking forward to the day when we get those stadia turns 10 today and Xbox series alpha beta gamma seven released. Is this the death of stadia? Like, <laughs> how long does this thing have to live before it's not going to, what, it, what is, what is dead may not die again. What's that quote from whatever the thing? Um, Another thing I don't, that, I don't um, think it's going to happen. By the way, I think that yeah. eventually it's just going to be. Oh, okay. State is that it's kind of like when Xbox first came out, and everybody was like, <laughs> "Xbox, look at Microsoft. That's cute." Eventually, it's going to be. Oh, that's just another place where people play games. It's Go just ahead, a Eddie, thing. I've always thought that. Yeah, it's just going to be a thing. Just exists. Uh, no. I want to uh, circle back a little bit to the Migs event that happened uh, past week. Here in Montreal, and there was a presentation from the guy uh, responsible for Stadia Games and Entertainment, and he was tracking whatever we want to do on the next years. So, as a publisher, they were looking for a lot of new titles. Doesn't matter if it's a small one million dollar title or if it's one hundred million dollar titles. They are willing to hear about it and maybe invest on in it. But one thing that really caught my attention is when they said. You have bonus on our view if you are doing an RPG and your RPG game, it's released 2023 or beyond. So they already have a strong plan for right now, and they're probably looking for the next big step on 2023. I believe they're going to be in more uh, regions as well. So I feel like it's just an ongoing thing, ongoing, and we're just going into the next next big step it's one years old it's one year old baby the nintendo as a company has been around for over a century granted most of that time they were making playing cards but nintendo <laughs> as a gaming company has been around for uh, longer than at least two people on this panel have been alive and they uh <laughs> Love you guys. And they, uh, they've they had time to build relationships and build contracts. Every game publisher on the face of the planet that isn't owned by Microsoft or Sony has a contract with Nintendo or has a contract with Sony or has a contract with Microsoft and has had them in their libraries since they first put out a disc or a cartridge 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. So Stadia has just not had that time. Stadia corporately has only existed for a year and a half stadia secretly has only existed for three or four years and even then like you can't you you gotta keep some things close to your vest you can't be putting contracts out on people's desks four years ago and expect that nobody's gonna leak anything and nobody's gonna say something that we didn't hear about stadia until project uh project stream was kind of a testament to either really tight-lipped everything or the fact that they were just getting started. They worked good, on the tech first. Good NDAs. Good NDAs, yeah. That too. And Google has big lawyers. The the other thing, just to, to, to follow up on what you said, Avery, developers have been working on PlayStation tech for years, Microsoft tech for years. So they have the familiarity with the uh, the the source the source code. They have familiarity with the hardware. They have familiarity with the development suites, the, the tool chain they have to set up to compile things and run things. Stadia is completely new. It's running on Linux. 
It's using um, it, it's using a middleware uh, that many developers have not touched before. So it's going to take a while for developers. Uh, it's it's no wonder that we have so many independent games because they've been using a lot of that technology because it's it's aided them in moving stuff from console to console to console. So for for a PlayStation developer, the development on a PlayStation Four game and a development on a PlayStation Five game is very very similar. Um, different from PS3 because that that thing was just this weird anomaly in in the gaming history. Um, so people are saying, well, why can't they just port everything? Well, because it's going to take time. You, you the engineers and developers need to figure out the hardware. They have to figure out the timing. We had that that report early on about some weird um, uh, time code uh, timing algorithm which would give you time slices for running things in the kernel it blew up and they're like, what the heck, what is this? And it's like, oh yeah, this is Linux. We have to do it this way. And then I think Stadia patched that anyway, so it wasn't an issue. So it's gonna take years for the EAs and the uh, the Activisions to be 100% com uh, comfortable developing on Stadia. But it doesn't mean that between now and then they're not gonna have a couple little test balloons that are gonna go out to see how, how their engines work on this technology. So it's just gonna take time and the, the amount of games that we have on the console or on the uh, the service in the first year is pretty pretty um, fantastic, and I I just we have a hundred games over a hundred games in year one. We're probably gonna have over four hundred games in year two, just because of the way that things um, increase exponentially. If you look at what Nintendo did with the Switch, for example, um, it, it's it's only it's only good things from here on out. Eddie, I have a very thought provoking question. To guess uh, to finish, you guys feel like this next 365 days or or even longer, it's important that Google Stadia release more exclusive games, or just keep uh, bringing the biggest games that are third party. I, you know, I'm gonna can I, I'm gonna jump off of something that Bill said earlier on that that the the future of Stadia is oh yeah it's another console that that you have and I think. Every every platform has its exclusives. I I don't know that Google, unless they get really crazy awesome things, and I don't think that's going to happen in the next year or two. I think we're looking at years down the road for cloud craziness to hit. I think you know Outcasters is going to be great. It looks super fun. I'm so looking forward to it. It's not God of War. Um, Orcs Must Die three was wonderful, and it's super fun and it's fantastic. It's not Final Fantasy VII remake. Like these are not Spider-Man or Spider-Man Miles Morales. It, we've got a while before that hits. Will we get there? Yes. When Jade Raymond and Shannon Studstill have their first game come out and it does insane things that only Stadia can do. Let's just hope it lands. And if it does, it's all over. Well, it's not all over. It's all, it's just boom. I think it's important for um, consoles to have exclusives. I don't think it's important for Stadia or Luna or xCloud necessarily to have exclusives because there's no box that you have to buy in order to play. I've seen on Twitter a million people say, why would, uh, why would you launch Pac-Man on Stadia? No one has a Stadia. And my response to that is, you have a Stadia, genius. You have a Gmail account. <laughs> so everybody has a Stadia. And so Stadia's new marketing I, plan. You have yeah, a Stadia, genius. Yeah. Um, so while I do think that, um, you know, an exclusive would help, 
in my opinion, it really only helps if it is what Avery was just talking about. Absolutely amazing and can only be done in the cloud. Yeah. And yeah. with YouTube, direct YouTube streaming coming, um, to, to answer Eddie, I, exclusives are going to be great, fantastic, but those are years away. What what um, Google has to do is send money hats to Epic and 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 uh, the Call of Duty uh, team and Minecraft team and all the big exclusives. If you look at the top ten streamed games on Twitch, you 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 send money hats to all those people and say bring your stuff to us because if people can if people can pick up uh, pick up their the Stadia that they already have genius um, if they can do that and just immediately start streaming. They can watch a stream and say, "Hey, I want to do that." They pick up the game. Thirty seconds later, they're they're linking to their YouTube channel and streaming it out. Um, having the content that people want to play now is super important for the for the the, the short term and long term success of Stadia. Exclusives will come, but exclusives aren't super important this second. Yeah, and they're clearly doing that. I mean, yeah. ten million bucks to Capcom for Resident Evil—that's the one we found out about because exactly. of the data breach. Yeah, so exactly. there are checks that have cleared on many other people if they're going after just a couple of Resident Evil titles. And their money—they're they're yeah. hat-shaped checks as well. So they exactly, can, they we've, we've seen out. it towards the end of this year. You know, like it because when Stadia was launched and where games were in their development cycle, of course you're not going to see a lot of day and date titles. We. We've got, we've had plenty. People go, they need more. We've had a lot, but you're not going to see a lot in the first year because when stadiums come into that development cycle, they're a bit late down the line. So there's going to be a porting process. So a lot of the light, it's about, I think the first year was about fill that library out with good games, some familiar games, games that people know and recognize, hence Pac-Man and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's everybody knows Pac-Man. Um, so it's, and then, you know, Good, the good relationship they have with the Ubisoft and stuff like that. And then as we've come to the end of this year, we're seeing the Ubisoft games day and day. We're seeing, you know, Marvel Adventures day and day, Cyberpunk day and day. And uh, over next year, what you will see is companies going, we are bringing this game uh, available on PlayStation, Xbox, PC, and Stadia, you know, and maybe Luna, whatever. But it, it, that, it will be the common currency of all the big games on Nintendo, if they can get it. Uh, but, you know, so all the big games. So it's absolutely now it's about, um, as Bill said, it's about bringing the games people expect and and want. So, you know, when you go, you know, my son, he, you know, he's not that interested in Stadia because no Call of Duty, no Fortnite, you know, no Minecraft. And, and they're the games he plays all the time. But it's bring the games that people expect to see on a platform and that's what they're going to be doing, I think, over the next the, the next the next year. The exclusive of the scale that Avery's talking about, the one that will blow you away and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's probably for 22-23. Gentlemen, sadly, as is always the case, we get warmed up and then we've got to call it a day, even more so tonight, because of course we're on a tight schedule uh, on this fantastic Sadia Super Saturday. Thank you very much indeed. We'll come back in a second and find out where we can find you all. Before we do that, we've got one final thing to do. I'm sure there's some of you that are still waiting there for this oh, in yes. the chat, and that is the final part of the game giveaway code. I also sneaked in the first part a few minutes ago as well, so hopefully if you were late to the gathering, you found it. But here it is. 
There you go. It is zebra or uh, any other forms of Z that you want to use. 711J for whatever J stands for, 4, P for P. Juliet. Juliet. I forget. Yes, thank you. My brain's completely gone. I do know it. And then a party party fill at the end. Exactly. I'll leave that there for a few seconds so you can take your photo and enter the code. Hope you win. That was Tom Clancy's Breakpoint, one of my favorite games. Gentlemen, thank you so, so much for joining us tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Let's start from uh, my right. Clive, where can people find you for the rest of this week? You can find me on YouTube forward slash Clive Illindon with a Stadia Monday night chat every 10 p.m. UK time, Monday nights. And of course, we do the Generation X gaming show on Twitch at 9 p.m. UK time on a Tuesday. Check us out then. Thank you. And Bill? Uh, I'm at Run Jump Stomp on Twitter, and you can find uh, my, my good buddy Lloyd and I talking about Stadia every single Sunday, including tomorrow, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, uh, youtube.com slash StadiaCast. Lloyd, it's done half your job, but you can finish the rest. Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, Daz me on Twitter, D-A-S-M-E. Uh, and of course, what Bill just said, StadiaCast every Sunday. Um, come, come hang out with us. R-E-Z-D.TV? Yeah, R-E-Z-D.TV. Z. Yeah, uh, there's more more Zs than Zs on this panel. Let me just say that. That's the way it works. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Charm City A because I live in Charm City and my first initial is A. Or on the Stadia Source Roundtable uh, every Thursday night, except for this week, it's going to be Wednesday night because it's Turkey Day uh, in the states uh, this week. And tomorrow we're doing Bomberman Blitz uh, during Charm City's Community Playground, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. UTC uh, or GMT, whatever that is. And I'm giving away six count them six free codes what? to bomberman Say that again? Uh, six free codes courtesy of our friends at konami wow. no wonder i only got i want i only got one <laughs> i want six, hey there are five more codes they gave they gave me 11 codes you oh, no, right somebody else on super saturday got him uh but I want a a let's move quickly to eddie eddie <laughs> yeah. go for it uh i'm uh, eddie player one on youtube one on twitter i'm gonna be live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, playing first half hour, we're going to be playing um, Sniper Elite 4 PvP. In the second half hour, we're going to be playing Bomberman as well. Let's see if we can get that 64 wow. players lobby going. 64. Fantastic. That's it, gentlemen. And thank you so much for watching us tonight. We've had an amazing audience count. And thank you for all your donations as well. Really, really appreciated. Uh, I'm going to hand over now to Sunny Cloud Gaming, the legend that is Sunny. Sunny. Um, please go and watch what will be, I'm absolutely certain, an amazing stream. Uh, you will find the link in the description below. See, prepared, what it's all about. That's it for tonight. You can find us again here next week, same time, same place. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, please stay safe. Take care. Bye, everybody. Adios. <laughs>